Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with the incredible Forbes Riley. She's an award-winning TV host, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, and one of the world's leading health and wellness experts. She mesmerizes audiences with her authentic, inspirational style that is second to none. Often referred to as the Oprah meets Tony Robbins, she transports, transforms, and transfixes audiences from 100 to 10,000. As a health and fitness expert, Forbes was introduced into the National Fitness Hall of Fame and as the creator and CEO of the fitness phenomenon, Spin Gym. The product alone has sold more than 2 million units, and she has a team of worldwide brand ambassadors promoting workplace wellness to major corporations. Welcome to the show, Forbes. Um, we had an amazing chat before the show and talking about all kinds of interesting things. There's so much value that we can talk about today and I, and I want to keep it as close to what I think is going to be the most valuable for me as well, but especially our audience. And can you give us a quick 30 second little background on where you're at now compared to what you were doing? Because uh, you were talking about how you work with health professionals, real estate agents and coach them on on their pitch and communicating what they do. And I think that'd be an amazing starting point for us. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I have a background as a professional actress, television host. Along the way, through infomercials and live home shopping, I've ghosted a little over $2.5 billion in sales. Now, the interesting thing is the sales have always been about health and wellness products, whether it is my own spin gym or Pilates or rebounders or other things, because I did my entire career was to create the pitches for products. In fact, in the 90s, I'm a little bit older than maybe you think, who knows, I helped create the concept of selling fitness on television. So uh, when Body by Jake found me, he pretty much isolated the idea that I was really good at creating pitches. And so people would bring whatever product. And we're talking all kinds of health and wellness products from Redman to Slamman to roller skates to inversion tables, didn't matter what it was. I have a very unique sensibility about how you want what I have. And in the last couple of years, I've isolated those techniques so that it's not just, oh my God, Forbes is really good at this, but that anybody can learn the skill. And it's bizarre because you look at me and go, She's just talking. Now, what you don't see is that I'm talking on 18 different levels. And it's like me looking at Serena Williams going, she's just hitting the ball. I go down on the court. I hit the ball. looks nothing like what she does. What's the disconnect? And it doesn't matter how much I watch her. I don't get any better. So I've decided and literally laid out with now about 30, 40,000 students over the last decade, how you can get your message, your product, your service, your idea out of your head and into somebody else's hands. And I'll tell you what, there's some very actionable things. So if anyone is listening today, one of my favorite things, for those of you who don't know, if you're so busy texting, this is a pen. Uh, write some things down. And one of the things is stop telling people what they need. They don't need your service. They don't need your new product. They don't need your skincare. Nobody needs anything. In fact, you've never bought anything based on what you need. You only buy what you want. Mm. And if you can convince a customer to want what you have, they'll pay you all kinds of money for it. And that comes down to verbal technique. 100%. I think that's, it's spot on. It, it's what I spend a lot of time trying to maybe less eloquently explain to, to my clients is that we're experts. We love what we do. We're the ones who care more about what we, we have than anybody else. We're just another provider, another fancy technique. And our clients sometimes don't even want or this is just such a disconnect between I'm an expert in dentistry or chiropractic and I'm passionate about the thing and I'm trying to convince you that this is what you need when it's not, not what you want. You don't even care about it. So stop trying to convince people. How do you do that? Very simple. You actually want you practice because me telling you this doesn't actually translate very well. So let me use a practical experience. I have what's here, a spin gym I created, right? Do you want it? Probably not. You don't even know what it does. 
Now I could sit here and tell you all that it does, but that still isn't going to get you to want it. You know, one of the things that I do, especially over Zoom, James, put your elbow up like this, feel the back of your arm. Now feel, feel it. Is it nice and tight or is it really firm? For many women, very, very saggy and flabby, right? I'm going to tell you that in five minutes a day, sitting in a Zoom box like this, the way this tension works, oh, this is a 61-year-old arm and it's, that's how hard it is, right? This is what I did. Do you all of a sudden get a sense of, I might want that. Mm. I didn't really mm. tell you who I am or what it does or why it does it. I created a want in you. And it's a kind of a funny thing. And I will tell you, even especially with my product, I went through a very interesting evolution on my own and I really distilled some things. So I would go to conventions, right? And I would get you and we would, we would do this and we would exercise because I love all the workouts. It does abs and back. And, and I would work with you about 15, 20 minutes later, you would get up. I was so excited and you'd leave and you wouldn't even take the, I'm like, well, what didn't you? And they would leave. Well, funny thing happened. Enough of that had to happen that I went back and I always re-engineer things. So I would break down my system to what we call relatability factor, springboard story, assumptions, the hub and the grid. So when I realized what it was that got you to feel something, not me telling you, but that apparently when people feel something working, they believe it's working. Imagine using very little words to convey what you want. So I have this product and I've actually created a 90 second pitch. And here's how it goes. The first part of my pitch, James, wherever you are, maybe I'm sitting on an airplane with you. I will turn you and say, hey, James, nice to meet you. Do you want to see something cool? What do you say? Yeah, sure. Right. I already know you're going to say yes. Isn't that funny? I knew what you were going to say. The next thing I want to say is give me your thumbs. Now, I got to tell you, I stopped talking. You actually just put your thumbs up. We're not even in the same country, but you did what I told you. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this on your thumbs and I'm going to do it. I don't say what it is. All I offered you is, do you want to see something cool? You said, yes, that's an agreement. You start doing this. Then I'm going to count from 10 to one. Why do I do that? Why don't I count from one to 10? Because psychologically, if I do 10 to one, you know, there's an end to this craziness, but I don't stop there. Then I make you do it over your head, 10 to one. And then this is crazy. It works every time. I get you to put your hand on your heart, which is about where your love is. And you punch out some stress, 10 to one. And then I take it away before you can do the other side. Mm -hmm. You know what happens when you're a little out of balance as a chiropractor? You want to, so basically that person then will has to say to me, well, well, how do I get that? You give me your money, I give you the product. 90 seconds, and here's the crazy thing about that, and you know this to be true by doing funnels. Once you discover something that actually works, it kind of works almost every time. Mm. You know what I didn't do? I didn't say who I am. I didn't brag about how much money I've sold or how famous I am or how successful. I didn't even tell you what it's called. And I created a sale. So a couple things for you in whatever profession you're in. Number one, what do you want from your customer? What do you want from the relationship? What do you want from the conversation? If you can go in beginning with the end in mind, you're more likely to get it than if you're just kind of willy-nilly about that. And the funny thing too is my dad was a magician and I'm very keen on the fact that I can get you to do and say anything because that's how magic works. Think how ridiculous that is. You ever see a woman cut in half? Yeah. Did that's you all. believe it was, it was well? But so think about it. I am coming out here and I'm going to lie to you as a magician. I'm going to cut this woman in two parts. One will be over there, one will be over And then magically, I put her back together again. Now, logically, you're like, mm, that didn't really happen. But we watch it and we applaud it. So a couple of things are happening. And again, I'm a huge fan of the brain and psychologically how things work. One of them is, one, we obviously like to be lied to. Now, that's a funny thought, isn't it? It's also a problem. 
because we do get lied to as people all the time. We tell people about Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and that this is real. And then we also go, oh, as a chiropractor, I can just crack your back and you're going to be fine. Which one is the truth? Which one is a lie? And so you now have to cut through all the mechanisms because people don't really understand that and get to what they want off, give it to them, over deliver. And then ultimately you get not only a customer, but a thank you. That's part of my strategy of getting doctors and lawyers in real estate to trust people, to trust you. And there's kind of a system to this. Want to hear it? Yes, please. One of them is a relatability factor. What's something about you when you talk to somebody that usually gets them to relate to you? Your story, potentially? Well, no, no, actually, I don't care about your story. Let's start with the fact that you are who you are. Now, that sounds crazy. Relatability factors might include your age, your height, where you come from. Uh, are you a trendsetter or not? Now, watch this. And this is why I love, I like in love teaching this system. Because it makes you feel good about you. So watch this. I've got a lipstick here, right? Now, let's say I don't have, I grew up with no money. So my relatability factors, guys, I'll tell you what, I didn't grow up with any money. And this is really expensive, but I know I've had cheaper things. They haven't worked. This one is unbelievable and worth the price. Or I'm someone who grew up with a lot of money. Guys, let me tell you something. I know the best of the best. This is worth it. Oh, so maybe I am a trendsetter, Okay. Guys, I'll tell you what, I see all the trends before they even come out, and this is that product. I'm not a trendsender. Guys, you know what? I miss everything. And I, but I'll tell you what, I finally figured one out. So it doesn't matter what your relatability factor is, the reality to you. You can take the you that's real, authentic, and that's what everybody wants now, and make it work for you. Here's another relatability factor. So let's say I've got a fitness product, right, James? And I am severely overweight. Do you think I could sell this? Yeah, based on what you said. Well, but <laughs> relatability. So think about it. Because I would like to sell this product for Forbes, but I'm I've got a hundred pounds to lose. Ah, relatability factor says, guys, look, I know I'm a little overweight. I get it. I'm gonna do a challenge and go on the journey with you to show you how well this works. Ready? Let's go. Mm. Oh, now anybody could sell this. Or, hey, guys, I'm super fit, but you know what? Because of lockdown, no one's getting to the gym. I use this every day to warm up. How is it the same person could sell this? Because they understand their relatability factor to the audience they're talking to. That's number one. People come to me all the time and they say, teach me the perfect pitch. I'm going to go, the perfect pitch is you pitching the same person every time. Oh, no, wait, you got more than one person to talk to? Yeah. You don't need the perfect pitch. You need to become the perfect pitcher. And I'll tell you, just like anything that you learn, if you understand your relatability factors, then what I call a springboard story if you understand stories that can absolutely inspire people, then an assumption, who am I talking to? So right now, James, I'm talking to you. You're not an old guy. You're not a girl. You're a man of a certain age. And so the speed with which I'm communicating with you is a certain. I also know you're a chiropractor. I also know you're smart. Now, what's interesting about that is the more I find out about you, the more I can use that. You said that you are married, right? You have kids yet? Yeah, two kids. Great. So I just found that out. So I can say, you know what? I'll tell you what, James, as a busy parent, do you find that you run out of energy pretty quickly at the end of the day? Right. Chase, after the, I just made an assumption about you. I don't know you, but I can assume that is real and use that as part of my pitch to enroll you. I talk about pitching in three, three E's, excite, engage, and enroll. If I'm boring, if it's not interesting, nobody's interested. If you're not engaging and, 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 and you know, if I don't suck you in, and then if I don't enroll you to something, you know, it's the funny thing. When I started out 
I would do these trainings. I had a very breakthrough transformational thing I used to do in my living room. First time I did it, oh my God, it was so good. I got the testimonials. I had people breaking through. And then I said, thank you. And they're like, well, what's next? I'm like, nothing, go home. They're like, well, isn't there more? I'm like, no, I'm an actress. I've done a Broadway show, right? At the end of the show, I don't walk out and go, hey guys, if you like that, I got something for you. I would just do what I did and go home. Well, number one, I lost tons of money. And I also lost the ability to service people. So it's a funny thing. You've got a product or a service. And, you know, very often you'll talk about people. I love to give speeches. I am currently on tour with Deepak Chopra, Damon John, Les Brown, and Jack Canfield. I'm the girl in the middle. I got to tell you, that means something. I finally got to that level. There's not a lot of women at all at that level. Okay. But if I've got a great product and I'm on stage and I'm motivating you and, and then I just go home, I don't get to teach you the really good thing that I've got. So what I do with people who have a product to sell is I really drill down on the fact that what you've got, if you don't convey it in the right way to get someone to come to your training or get your product, they miss out. And so you start to make it about what they want, what they're missing in their life. And when you fulfill that, they buy. I hate being sold. I don't ever want to sell anybody, but I have grossed a little over two and a half billion dollars. What I love with that is, is it something that I say all the time as well is that if we can't get a client, like if I'm dealing with a person who's got headaches, if I can't get them to actually do the thing and stick to the thing, then they can't get a result. And so it doesn't matter how amazing my thing is, ultimately my job is to get them to say yes and continue to say yes so that I can then get them a result. Because if people inherently knew what to do and how to do it, there wouldn't be so many problems. And often we even know, but we still don't do it. And this is brilliant because this is, it's bridging that gap. A lot of people don't like the idea of sales. And I think that it's because they've had an experience of somebody trying to sell them something or they bought something and had remorse for it and then wanted to justify, well, why did I do it? Oh, because he was a salesman. He sold me this thing and it's not good because somebody didn't deliver on what they, what they said or it was being pushed down their throat. But when we're communicating actual value, I think it's so important to know how to do this. You can't just have a good service, especially as a health professional. You've got to be able to get people engaged and enrolled. Well, one of the things that I love doing currently at the moment, and I don't know how much longer I will be doing this because I do all my own trainings live. There's nothing recorded at the moment. There will be. Uh, but this is a new part of my world. And so I do a three-week thing. And we call it Media Mastery. But I have a, within that, what you quickly learn, I've just graduated three classes in the last two days. I'm a little tired. Is that it isn't about learning how to pitch. It is becoming this, this amazing picture. It is uncovering something in you. One, getting rid of the sales notion, becoming very genuine and authentic, really understanding your value in the world and what you offer. And that when you go through this, this grid, what I call it, and you're constantly shifting, you can't sound like a salesperson. So the problem is like, for example, James, pick up something on your desk. Let's play a game. What's something on your desk? No water yeah. Your water bottle. Okay, picture to me. Go. <laughs> uh, that's what we had. I have no idea where to start. I classically. Oh, want wait, to go wait, wait, no, wait. I'm sorry. You have two, really, you have two million dollar college things there on funnels and selling. You do exactly know where to start. Don't do that. Come on. <laughs> How I'd start is I'd want to understand a bit more about where you're at. I'd say if you're, for example, I'm, I get into exercise a lot. I like to exercise, I like to run. I like to work out. And when I'm doing that, I'm always needing to have water. But when I'm having water, every time I drink it, if I bought it out of the fridge or if I brought it from home, it's typically in a plastic bottle and it always feels uncomfortable. Something about it doesn't feel right. I'm drinking plastic. I can taste it. What I've been introduced to 
lately, and you seem like somebody who's relatively interested in health, is that plastic is ridiculously cancerous. And I would probably pivot from there. As I said, it sounds terrible. It's interesting. Well, it's so funny that you have all those qualifications. Actually, my daughter just walked in um, and she's part of the girl who builds me funnels. So here's the thing, you've got a water bottle, right? Number one, don't make it such a big deal. Hey guys, if you're like me, if you're sitting on a lot of Zoom calls, let me tell you something. This particular bottle, and one of the things I really, I'm very health conscious about, and I think you should be too, do not buy water from the store. Those bottles leak toxins into your water. They don't tell you that. I actually ended up in the hospital with a kidney disease. I almost died by drinking water. Well, that seems crazy, right? So I'm committed to this particular bottle. It is called the Hydrotherm. Cool thing about this, it keeps cold water cold, hot water hot for hours. And I know that it's not made out of plastic. So number one, I'm hydrating and getting healthy. It's pitch. Easy. Mm. So what did I do? Well, one, I actually started with the relatability factor. You and I are sitting on a Zoom call, probably for endless, endless times. And we're not drinking enough water. That's the first thing. If you are, what is the quality of the water? And I just said, I just kind of got you about your health. And so all of those things, and you did some of that instinctually, but don't make such a big deal about it. You pitch all the time. Pitching is fun. And that is also the little bit of uncomfortable that you just experienced, even though you're a brilliant copywriter sales guy. Imagine if you're a doctor who doesn't pitch all the time or you're a chiropractor, that's where you get stuck. Partly what I like to do in my training is just get you to be comfortable with enrolling people. Because if you don't do that, then you better have a sales staff who does. Because the default, and I know this because it used to be me and I, and I deal with my clients all the time, the default is to jump into science and features of trying to be technical and overdo it to justify why they should choose the thing. Here's another thing that's fun about the brain. And here's why I like to work with people because you're not thinking about this. Just like I'm really not thinking about how sitting in this chair is hurting my back. That's what you as a chiropractor do all day. Oh, I can fix that. I think about features and benefits and I think about how the brain works. What is two plus two? Four. If I said two plus two is five, what do you think? My brain hurts a little bit and I say no. Right. So this is the funny thing. When you're talking to somebody, you're pitching them and you say something that doesn't jive with the way the brain works, the brain stops. If I say two plus two equals five, you, you really can't hear anything I'm saying after that because you're still going, why did she say that? Maybe she's wrong. That's what happens. So one of the things about the brain, which is why I've made so much money in infomercials, this little concept, feature benefit, feature benefit. What's the feature of this product? Small. The benefit of that? Easy to carry around. What's the benefit of that? You can take it anywhere. What's the benefit of that? You can use it. Right. So now, right. So it's small. You're more likely to get a workout anywhere, anytime. Oh, interesting. What's another feature? I'm going to go with the rings. I'm not sure. Right. No, no, no. But this is what's really cool. By the way, it's, this is something you have to practice because everything has a feature. It has round rings. The benefit of that is you can put your hands this way, this way, or any way that you want. It's a very easy way to grip it and kind of a unique way to use it. What's another feature? The color. Right. It's bright purple. What's the benefit of that? See, most people who are not in this kind of world never think about that. Hey guys, you know what? It comes in a bright purple, bright pink because when it's sitting on your desk, you're more inclined to want to pick it up and actually use it. Oh, so if everything has a feature benefit and you say it that way, if you don't say it in the right way, it becomes a laundry list. Hey guys, you can carry it anywhere. And it's this and this. No, no, no. We actually think feature benefit. When you go to tell a joke, the best thing you can do is go bop, bop, bum in threes. Why is that? Doesn't matter. I don't know why. It's how your brain works. 
So if you overload people with too many features, well, it does this and it has this and it, you're like, okay, but how does that affect me? Mm-hmm. And the more you tie these things together and practice the correct nature that other people consume information, the more likely you make a sale. If you're doing this and, and something has multiple features, multiple benefits, I'm going to yeah. make the assumption that you emphasize the ones that you feel are going to be the most relevant to the person that you're talking to, or do you generally rank them? Oh, no, no, no. Everything, everything has to do with who you're talking to. I've got a girl in my last class who's got a documentary about the health industry. She's got two kids who are suffering from all kinds of things. And she started out, well, you know, I've taken four years to make this documentary because the health industry is just in shambles. And I said to her, what do you want? Oh, I want everyone to know about this and learn. First of all, nobody wants to learn anything. And then I said, well, what do you want? She finally concluded that she wants money out of doctors who, okay, that's great. You want money. Let me tell you something. Somebody's going to give you money. You know what they want? They want their money back as an investment. Oh, so you might want to let them know that's what you're up to. Then you also might want to appeal to them because people want to help. Her next sentence now is, guys, I am very passionate that the health industry is broken. And I'm sure that you've taken an oath to help people, right? Oh, well, now you got them engaged. We call this an open door. Then she tried saying, I've made a film about blah, blah, blah. Turns out nobody was really interested at that moment to hear about her film. What did work was when she said, I know this because I've struggled for 17 years with a son who's got a chronic blah, 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 blah. And we didn't have health advocates. The system is broken. Oh, okay. Now what's the plan to fix it? And so if you architect your pitch, but that's not the same pitch to a mom that she's going to want to have watched the movie. Do you see how you always have to kind of become that perfect picture? So the next thing that's important is even especially when you're on a Zoom call, I have people go, okay, let's pitch this. Here's what they do. Well, hey, I've got a water bottle here and I'll tell you what this does. Is that a pitching voice you're doing? What are you doing? You have to understand, I think, that everybody has two, two ears, one mouth, and there's no such thing as an audience. James, if I was talking to you or I was talking to 5,000 people, there's only one set of ears listening to me, right? So if I yell at you, you shut off. But if I kind of whisper, I go and I figure out what you want to hear. And then I'll also make different assumptions. My entire career has been talking to a TV camera. There's nobody there. So I have to assume if I'm on home shopping during the day that maybe that woman doesn't feel good. That's why she stayed home from work. And I'm going to say, hey, there are times when I'm just so tired, right? And you want to do this. I also might think that there's somebody who's working from home. But I'll tell you what, if you're sitting on a phone all day long and your boss is ruining you, you want to just kind of punch out an email. So I would go down the list of assumptions of people in my head that I could be talking to. I mean, you do the same thing in your sales copy. The difference in sales copy is you can really nail down your audience when you're doing ads. In my case, you got to really keep assuming who you're talking to. Mm. Interesting, huh? That's good. That's really good. Yeah, thank you. I want to I wanna change here a little bit. Before we were talking about, you've done a lot through selling on infomercials and, and stages and things like that, but you're starting to build out some of your own funnels and potentially programs and things like that. And I find that really interesting that for what we talked about, not to say that you're struggling per se, but it's a different ball game. And I think that you're in a similar situation to a lot of people who are listening to this. They've got amazing services. They're good at what they do. They get results and they might even have successful practices, but trying to transition into this online space or this product-based space and, and even the coaching type space. What experience have you had since trying to do it this way through funnels that haven't worked as well or it hasn't been as just obvious, I can just do the same thing, 
expected to work, but it didn't. And what have you kind of taken from that? One of the things that was different when it came to television, which is where I do come from, is that I didn't ever connect to my customer. Now, I don't mean that in, I would connect to them on an instant way. I could get you to pick up the phone and buy this. And then you would go off in whatever thing and you'd, you know, I never talked to my customers because you couldn't, you weren't allowed to on home shopping and on infomercials. All of a sudden, this little thing came out and Instagram and Facebook. And I'm noticing that some of my 18-year-old friends have got 4 million followers. What are they doing? And I remember when they first talked to me, going, well, you know, I post satisfying videos. I'm like, excuse me? And then she'd say, well, yes, I've discovered that my audience like this, this, and then like, it was so detailed about talking to the audience and then understanding the customer journey. That was not my expertise. Uh, and I'm going to assume if you're a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, not your expertise either. But there are people out there like the, the funnel things that you have behind you. The reason you're successful is you've mastered the idea that when someone comes to a page on this crazy thing called the internet, they look for certain things. They're willing to put in, say, their name and email, but less of them want to play with you if you ask for their phone number. Oh, that's, and then you'll split test those words. These are all very new concepts to me. Fascinating. I love the, all the analytics and I love seeing things, but not the world that I come from. A couple of years ago, I had a, a coach who said, you need a Facebook group. And I honestly, for three years, now I've got 1.8 million Facebook followers. I didn't know the value of a group. I really didn't get it. And then over the years, I listened more and more and said, oh, you know, there's a lot of value in, a, you know, people who have similar interests coming into a world. And if you offer them the right things, they'll stay in your world. They'll play in your world. They'll do all kinds of things. But it never dawned on me that that's a really important psychology to master. Aside from just getting your person to buy, which I'm very good at, you really now go, okay, long term, what do you do with them? Why do they want to be with you? Is what you've got wonderful enough to keep them in a group? in a membership? Do you offer them content that's similar? And even the whole upsell, downsell concept of what funnels are was a little bit new to me. And I am learning not only how to do it, but now the, the little hiccup I'm having is to create the products that are mine that my customer wants. So things I've now discovered. If you buy a spin gym, not the question is you want this, but why do you want it? Oh, because you want sexy toned arms. That's a good start. If you want this, what else might you want? Oh, you want that special arm cream to tighten the bottom part here? Because as I tell women, you'll spend $180 on your face, but $6.99 on your arm cream. Oh, so that's one thing you're going to want. Oh, wait, if you want that or you don't want that, it's a whole computer idea, but you might want the energy pill that I've got because it's the middle of the day and you're tired. And I know you don't want caffeine, so I found this special little herb that just gives you a pickup and there's no downside. See how now I'm going, oh, I didn't understand the whole connect the dots thing. Mm -hmm. It has been fascinating to me. My issue now is to create the contents that the person will like, because now we're doing pitching. So if you come to me because you like Forbes, I want to learn how to pitch. That's great. Oh, but you also want the formula to do that. Now you want to do the formula on camera. So I have a course called Crush It on Camera, where you take the pitch formula and we have you do it on Facebook. And then what happens at the end of that journey? Oh, I need another course. Okay. <laughs> That's been part of the, a little of the evolving issue that my company has, you know, as we're growing, you know, what do you do with all of these people? How do you keep offering things? Because I'll tell you what, the funny thing about people is if you're not offering it and they want it, they'll go to somebody else who does. Mm. And so kind of keeping up 
the funnel building world with the content creation world. And then Clubhouse came out. Oh my God. So now I don't know if you're like this, but I love to talk. Did you notice? Yeah. I also like to show up without makeup on. It's one of the pet peeves about being a woman. And I will tell you, I jokingly said that there's so many male motivational speakers, you can name them. Tony Robbins, Gary V, you go down the list, right? How many amazing motivational women can you name? Not a lot. Well, one of the reasons it takes a good hour to do the face. I have to pick out the high heels, the dress. And if a woman shows up in a suit, she's kind of butch. If she shows up too sexy, I don't want my husband hanging out with her. And so it's been an interesting time. I will tell you, James, one of the things that changed for me was I got a little older. Because when you're a little older, I'm no longer a threat to your wife. I'm not running after your husband. And that was kind of an interesting thing when you're a, when you're a little hotter, right? That's not happening anymore. And a little bit of wisdom. And now you don't really care what I wear. If I wear, you know, kind of a pantsuit and sneakers because my feet hurt, you're okay with it. But in my 30s and 40s, it was a high heel, tight skirt, certain look. So one, finding your own voice and your own branding. I then went ahead and created another class because I've discovered too, and this probably goes for everybody listening. You probably have some expertise that if you actually shared it with other people, you would feel good and they would get more knowledge. So I came up with this thing called OPP, how you leverage other people's platforms. I realized as an infomercial host, even as an actress, I didn't pay for the movie. I showed up with my talent. You know, as a doctor, if you're in a hospital, you didn't make the hospital. You're taking your talent, your expertise, and you're using their platform for that. And I will tell you, there's a lot of value to becoming your own personal brand, understanding what that is, and then doing that on social media because it's a great way to stay involved. And I actually, I'm loving Clubhouse because it's a very heart-centered way to be. You know, Instagram, you can fudge the photos with lighting. Facebook is whatever it is. I don't understand TikTok. I have no more time. But Clubhouse, you can get on and you can hear pearls of wisdom. You can meet amazing people. And in my case, you can get to talk almost endlessly. I think what's interesting with Clubhouse is you actually have to know some stuff. You actually have to be able to give value because anyone can take a nice photo and you can doctor it and you can pose it up. You can pre-plan a video. You know, you can muck it up. You can edit it. But just talking for four hours in Clubhouse or whatever, like some of these, some of these guys do and keep attention and actually give value. You have to know your stuff. That's why I love doing, uh, I do live trainings inside of our Facebook group and it's, I teach some stuff and then I Q and A and people can really see that it's just me talking. It's not me with this pre-planned script. Cause I literally just write down three bullet points of some topics I want to talk about. And then I talk. And so it's an amazing way for people to see, Hey, he actually knows his stuff. He's not just making this up. He hasn't just made this funnel or this, this course and, and made it seem perfect. He actually knows his stuff. And, and I found that to be very helpful for how people realize that I'm genuinely there to help and I genuinely care and I'm genuinely passionate because the problem with the online space is that there's so many people that can make something look good. The gurus, as they say, the courses, things like that. Now, real quick, I haven't actually jumped on. I've been on Clubhouse, listened a few times, but I haven't actually jumped in and, and done too much. And I'm generally useless with social media, uh, being busy as well, but I know I need to. But back to your point about offers and upsells and things, I think what would be really interesting and might even be valuable for you is the way that I thought about it. I, I went into this and I thought, you know, I'm going to make a funnel. I'm going to plan this thing and I have these upsells, this and that. And then I started, and, and that didn't really work out naturally because I'm trying to build the thing rather than solve the problem. And so I instead started to think about it again, well, where, where are the people? Where are they at? What would they want or need to be able to move to the next step? And then how do I 
make it attractive for them to want it. And so I worked from from that and said, well, if ultimately they need to be in my program, because that's going to be the best way for me to work with them to get the best outcome, right? Or to be in my clinic getting treatment, what's the preceding steps? And all of those become these entry points into my world. Some people, they want a arbitrarily a meal plan guide because they've just got this itch they need to scratch and maybe they just want to enter my world see some of my stuff but not have to buy something not have to engage with something because if you're only offering a phone call it's a bit much and so i just basically built out these different ways that people can enter my world and had them all talk to each other if you get the guide you can join the group if you join the group you can get the guide all of them give you an opportunity for a call when you're ready and the call leads to joining the program so it becomes this mesh of value opportunity and so when i then built like a like a paid funnel, right? Buy something, a book or whatever. It was very similarly in the same mindset. I'm going to make a thing that's cheap and easy to get a customer. So it's a no brainer. Once they're in that world, I'm going to say, well, now you got this thing. The next best thing is this on top. And as Russell talks about, not more of the same thing, but the obvious next step and ascension. Because the more that somebody can make purchases, be a customer, easier to help a customer to become a client than it is to have a lead become a client because they've got some skin in the game. They've made a purchase. They felt good. It wasn't scary. It was only seven bucks or 30 bucks and nothing bad happened. This is actually good. Wow, what if I went further? And so for me, that's what's absolutely helped crush it is understanding that buyer journey and really just solving the problem, so to speak, of the steps bridging each individual gap. So explain to me in your Facebook group, is your Facebook group private? Yep, private group. You can find it, but you have to join it to see stuff. And you will do you schedule teaching on a regular basis? Yep. We have a training today, actually. I do a live training once a week where I teach a relevant topic to what new people are looking for. So they're all wanting how do I get clients? And so I rather than giving them what they need, I give them what they want. And I'm talking uh, to them about I hear that. Stuff. That loud and clear. All right. So I'm gonna support you here. Tell me your name of your group. Healthcare Business Secrets. Oh, I love that. That's another thing about not using your name because that's something we're looking for. So all three of those words are very searchable and very good. So I'm going to look at Healthcare Business Secrets. And so you go on every Monday? Tuesday. Tuesday. US time. Is it really Tuesday? I've lost It's Wednesday all for me, but... <laughs> that's true. It is down there. Have you been to the United States? No, I was planning a big trip this year or last year, but then COVID happened and New Zealand locked down. And so we thought, oh, let's just stay here. Had our second baby. And uh, so I've just been chilling at home. Now, let me ask a question. You ask for people's phone numbers. Do you find that they give it to you? Yeah, because it's it's not that you have to answer the question. You have to give me your phone number to get access. It's like, if you want to chat about the next best step for you, put your phone number in. Let's, let us give you a call. And then my client success manager, Jake, his entire job is literally to connect people with exactly the resource that they need right now. Did you guys hear, okay, I'm going to talk about Club Med for a second. Did you guys hear what James just called his sales guy? What do you call him? A client success manager? Yeah. That is just genius. Okay. So that is branding. That was just beautiful. You know what? I used to go, I, by the way, you need to accept me now because my membership is pending and I want to hear you. When I worked for Club Med in my twenties, when you got to a Club Med, they didn't call it a hotel or a resort. They called it Club Med. And the guy in charge, like the, the, the CEO or whatever of the club, they call him chief of the village. You were at a village and all the guests were called GMs, which is John Teal member. And all the people who work, they're called GOs. So you're not going, oh, there's the sales manager and there's the tennis coach. No, there's the GO, there's the GM. And the level of internal branding 
actually what I think set that world apart at a very, very different level. So I love client success manager. That was very, very clever. What I'm going to do for you is I'm going to make get my team to put you through the normal process so you can actually see what we do and you can reverse engineer it yourself. I love people to listen to what I'm saying and then actually watch what I'm doing. And I tell all of my clients, all of my clients are in this group, even though it's a free group, because I want, I want them to learn, but then I want them to learn at the next level, which is watch what I'm actually doing with this. Cause I'm super, I like to be really meta about it. I also like people to actually just understand that, Hey, there is a process here and you can take it, you can use it and you can crush with it. Um, Cause we just teach this stuff. Anything that I do is stuff that I'm teaching my clients to do. Funny, that's what Russell does. Now, why would you put a play video button on your profile picture when I can't actually play the video? Because you're going to click it and then it's going to pop yeah. up the description and then there's going to be a link. Okay. That's actually pretty clever. I like that. That's actually good. And by the way, it is fun to hang out with other professionals to really kind of explore this because I don't think that any of us have a secret. You know, I love that this structure. I think that's a very profound thing to learn. Good for you. You've mm. definitely got this wired. Now, did you learn all of this or did you create some of this or how did you come to your knowledge? I download knowledge like nobody I've, I've seen. So I'm just reading books in programs, getting coaching, realizing that the best way to learn is to model somebody who's done it. Don't try and figure it out on your own. That's silly. If you're going to go through the jungle, you don't know where the tigers are. <clears throat> you might die. Find a guy <laughs> and follow him. And then you can set up your own jungle tour, you know, because you've learned some stuff and you've got your own flair with things. So for me, I it's just a learning everything. That's fascinating. Good for you. And is your wife in business with you? Yeah. So she, right now she's with baby predominantly, but we grew our practice together and I'm been edging to try and bring her into the program and to be a part of that. She's kind of there in the background, but I wanted to be the face of it because she's an incredible, incredible woman. How old are your kids? Two months and two years. Well, they're almost old enough to get started on their entrepreneurial journey. Come here for a I second. Know, right? Come here. No, well, I'll tell you what, I got a, I got a little kid here who was starting. A kid. She started, she started at six. Yeah. And now she's 18 and she's not so little anymore. Hi. And she runs my company that I don't think I set out to build a, a supreme entrepreneur, but Russell loves her. And uh, so say hi. Hello. Hi, James. <laughs> now you've been building funnels for how long? For five years now. We met Russell right when like ClickFunnels really got started and like the whole world of like teaching people how to do online stuff came around. And I remember telling people, oh, you got to try this new funnel thing. And they were like a funnel, like we're not making a cake here. We're trying to make money online. And I was like, okay, have fun. You'll learn eventually the hard way. First funnel you built was? The first funnel I built was I sold photo lenses. I started in marketing when drop shipping first became a thing. So I got in right as people were like, oh, what's this drop shipping thing before the whole market got saturated? But that was the beginning of dropping little photo lenses that you like clip onto your phone through ClickFunnels. And you sourced it on your own through China? Yes. Yeah. I was one of the first people to use Alibaba. That was before it blew up into a multi-billion dollar company. It was like kind of just the first kind of wholesaling. People didn't really understand what wholesaling was. And I learned it at this marketing event that's not no longer a thing, but it was like a university for marketers. It was where everybody who's like top of their game was there. And we got to meet them. I created relationships with people who all started at this like one, it was an octagon event. It was really, it was crazy, but yeah. That's incredible. So one of the things incredible. I recommend as a dad is that you expose your children to whatever you're doing. 
Uh, I talk to so many people on a Zoom call, their kid will run and they go, oh, it's my kid. I'm like, no, bring your kid in. Yeah. Uh, I think McKenna's gotten who she is because at some point she was traveling with me because I just love being with her and you absorbed all kind of knowledge. Well, actually, I just heard James say that, that you absorb knowledge like nobody else. The only people I can think who can absorb knowledge better than you are little kids. When kids are young, they absorb knowledge like nobody else. So I'm so thankful for the fact that my mom Forbes took me into this world and just made me come. They didn't really make me come along. I always wanted to come along because I wanted to be with my mom, but I absorbed everything. Cause now I look at it and I have, as I get older and older, I have a harder time learning new things. And it's just because I have more of this closed mind. I know certain things. I'm like, no, this is the way it's done. But kids absorb knowledge like nobody else. And I love that. And that's why I think I want to write a book called every company needs a kid. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that uh, when we start to just open our heads a bit more and, and and let stuff in rather than having judgment towards it is the best time that we learn. And then we can actually just take it and use it. Too many times I talk to people and they go, oh, I know this or I've tried this or I've done this. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly you haven't done everything because otherwise you'd be successful. Like what's going on? And, and really it's it's a mental game more than anything else. And, and your ability to, to let that information in and then chop it up and go, which is the stuff I'm going to keep and which is the stuff that I'm not going to is, is much better for having success, happiness, and all things than to just try and filter it at the start. And so I like to just take it all in and go, that's interesting, and just cut it up and, and use it. So thank you. That's an inspiration. I love that. I'm definitely going to get my kids into this sort of thing. What are some of the biggest issues that your clients, so obviously you are attracted into, or they're attracted to you, doctors, lawyers, people who are professionals, yes? Healthcare basically healthcare-based okay. consulting services. So some of them have practices, some of them sell products, but they have consulting as part of it or coaches. It's basically where they are working with a client to get an outcome. That's my audience. And the main issues that they struggle with is how do I get and keep more of my ideal clients without being salesy and without using outdated methods? That's kind of my little elevator pitch. It's, it's really how do I, because a lot of them resonate with this idea that I need to help my clients to make decisions to do the things, but they don't like the idea of pushing stuff onto their clients. And really the, the difference between those two is understanding where you're coming from with it and understanding what needs to happen. I think that people, when they don't realize that their client is begging for them for the right thing, begging to know what can I do? And they want to give up control. The client doesn't want to be white knuckling it through trying to control everything. They want to have somebody they can trust who can just say, this is what you need to do. And they go, okay. And they just let go of control. And, and I really help my clients to understand that, that their clients need them. It's just how you're empathetically communicating with them to get them to have that realization that you are going to be in a safe place to get a result. And that was the biggest thing that helped me grow my practice was being able to effectively communicate what I'm doing without doing well, sales I would love to, without depending, processes. Depending on what you know re really interests you, I would love to come in to do a workshop with some of your clients. I'll tell you why. Because all the knowledge that I just dropped is nice, but what I do is all experiential. Because I've discovered through years of training that I can tell you all the right answers, but it makes no difference. Because number one, you still hear it through your filter. And if you've never tried it, you don't tend to do it. So mm -hmm. one of the things I talk about all the time is how to express a story, right? And I'll say, why do you do what you do? And invariably, the person will go, oh, because I love to help people. I'm like, I, we get that. That's why we all do that. Or why do you start doing that? And very rarely does the client have enough courage to go back in time to say, you know, the reason I'm doing this is, for example, the reason I have a handheld fitness product. It's not because I want you to get sexy arms or I love the, any of the things that you would think. It's because my mom, when I was right out of college, 
she was 260 pounds diabetic and I couldn't get her to work out. And I finally bought her a year long membership. thinking I was doing something good, got her to the door of the health club and she wouldn't go in. I said, mom, come on, let's go. She said, I can't. I said, yes, you can. I, you have a membership. Come on. And she started to cry. So what are you crying about? And she said, I can't, I can't. They all know what they're doing and I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I just, I just want to go home. And she left. And I was sitting there thinking, all right, it was really sad. And I'm thinking if that's her, maybe I have to commit myself to bringing something to her because I don't want to see people swimming in their own fat, dying of diabetes because they don't have any desire, any knowledge to work out. And so I create a lot of home, home products that are easy, accessible, and very affordable. Takes away all the excuses, but that's my why or one of my many whys. Mm. Because by the way, if I gave you a different story, I have, different, I have a lot of whys. And I don't think that we as professionals understand where to dig for those, have the courage to talk about them, and the value in 2020 of being real, raw, and authentic. Mm. So I will tell you, it's definitely a hands-on experience. 100%. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. We've gone over a little time and I'm, I'm really conscious of your time. I really appreciate you guys. You've been amazing. Where's somewhere that our audience can connect with you online and see more about what you do? I'm going to definitely be in touch with you, by the way. I'd love to organize that workshop, but where can our audience connect with you online? Just go to ForbesRiley.com. I'm all over social media. Love being on Facebook and I love being on Clubhouse. And I think I've only got the only Forbes Riley name I know. So reach out to it. Amazing. Thank you so much. You guys are incredible. We'll speak soon. Thank you. Thank you, my darling. I appreciate Bye. you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.